0: Let's talk travel, Well, specifically air travel, and let's face it, air travel sucks. Think about delayed flights, never-ending security issues, seats with no legroom. Flying has turned into the Hunger Games, and how do we get, get back to a point where it's smooth flying again? Well, recently, legal scholar and Vanderbilt law professor Ganesh Sitaraman wrote the book, Why Flying is Miserable and how to fix it. Flying is so miserable for so many of us that the notion of fixing it barely seems an option. In fact, J.D. Power's 2023 North American Airline Satisfaction Study found passenger dissatisfaction on the rise from the year before. Uh, Mr. Uh, Satharaman's book is a fascinating investigation into the effects of airline deregulation. So how do you fix it? Joining me now to discuss the issue is Clara Newell, who's the president and founder of Travel Best Bets. Clara, thank you for joining us today.
1: Oh, it's my pleasure, Jazz. This is a really, really interesting topic to chat about.
0: Yeah, I mean, uh, when I was looking at uh, the good professor's uh, book, uh, Why Flying is Miserable and How to Fix It, I thought, you know, the professor does have a point, uh, and it's something I think we've all been going through. Uh, in your mind, I mean, you've been in the industry for so long. Um, when do you think things turned in regards to travel not being as fun as it once was?
1: Well, I think you can go back to about 1978 is really when the deregulation of the airlines really took place and kind of went from there. I remember my parents, and, and I can vaguely remember it myself, um, explaining how when we emigrated from Scotland on Wardair, it was just such a wonderful experience. The, the seats were big, everyone dressed up, you used real china and cutlery. You were served meals and drinks, and it was just a really elevated experience compared to what it is now. Now, um, it is completely different. You're basically paying for every little aspect that you want. Some people say it's nickel and diming, mm-hmm. others are happy to just go bare bones and just pay for what they need, but it has definitely changed. And I, I'm not, uh, I, when I was reading through this, didn't feel like it was as bad as the author was putting out there, but I completely get his drift.
0: Um, Now, the author basically says that, you know, there was a stable uh, time in the industry where basically the industry was heavily regulated by government. They treated it like a utility, basically. You know, there was set costs. The airlines generally made money. Uh, Customers uh, knew what they were paying for. And then this whole deregulation started. Uh, as you were saying, do you think it's been better or, or worse? I mean, we can argue that the, the, the travel isn't as fun as it used to be, but one could also argue travel has gotten cheaper and you can pick yep. in time and much more flexible in timing and in, and, in, and in pricing. So would you say it's a better time or do you think it's worse?
1: Well, from my perspective, uh, I've been watching rates for being over 30 years in this industry. Some of the destinations are as cheap now as my parents paid when they emigrated back in January of 1974. So you can imagine how um, things would have to change. I think that because, yes, seats have gotten smaller, and but it's become much, much more efficient on many routes. It's almost, in my mind, like going on a bus. You just have to, you know, it, it, it's way more crowded. But the prices, some of these prices, I mean, to to Europe um, for short-haul flights and things, especially here domestically because of all the competition here in Canada with some of the low-cost carriers that are are prevalent that weren't pre-pandemic, Porter, Lynx, Canada Jet Lines, Flair. There's tons of competition. And so when there's more competition, yes, it's slightly, slightly, more unstable, but the prices are incredible. Mm -hmm. Um,
0: And where do you think the industry is going? I mean, at the same time, in a post-COVID world, you're seeing some new airlines, fledgling airlines launch, um, yet you still have some problems with them. If one of their planes goes down, they may only own uh, three or four planes at the end of the day. Um, Where are things going with the industry? Is it going to continue like this, or do you think there's ways that the industry itself could improve in regards to customer service?
1: Oh, there's, there's no question. There's a lot of improvement that could be made by the airlines here in Canada. We, of course, have so many situations where things can go mechanical, there can be a lack of staffing, and, and delays are one of the things that have really kind of become a norm. So um, I do think there's tons and tons of room for improvement. And the reality is, though, is that we're going to have a situation where it's this you know, every, every airline out there trying to carve their market share, and that does cause instability uh, until there's kind of an even keel. Since I've been in the industry, I've probably watched, I bet you 40 airlines come and go here in Canada alone around the world. It, I mean, it's a very, very tough industry to make money. It's why if you are ever booking on a new carrier or uh, an ultra-low-cost carrier, I always say, the things that you need to do to protect yourself. One is pay on a credit card so that you have some backup if services are not rendered. If they decide to change their schedule on you, say they were you know gung ho coming out and going five or six times a week and then go down to one, well that that's probably going to throw your entire trip in a tailspin. And they'll likely give you the option to change your dates or hopefully cancel, which we have seen. Um, but this is. The other thing that I always encourage people to do is to get insurance, and that, that has something that includes cancellation and interruption, so that if something goes sideways with the airline that you're completely protected. There are policies that came out during COVID that are um, canceled for any reason, and there's, there's not lots of those policies out there, but they are out there that you can do. The other thing is, is that because of the fact that things aren't as comfortable as they would be, um, you know, back in the 70s during the heyday, if you have the option to pick your seats in advance, if you have the option to pay your luggage in advance, um, pay for your meals in advance, do all of that, pack your own little comfort kit. The days of you getting, you know, the blanket and the pillow, the eye mask, the lip balm, a toothbrush, all of that, those days are gone unless you're in business class. Um so and and then the whole I mean we're talking about airlines, but the whole system now um has the option for you to kind of shorten lineups at the airport. And so I encourage people to do that as well. Book those express security appointments, do your arrive can advance declaration when you're heading back to Canada. Do it all ahead of time, get the QR code so you can show it and get in shorter lines. Um Unfortunately, I know that that doesn't always help when you're going over long weekends or, or holidays when there are tons of lines. Every aircraft is full. Um, but if you have, like I say, if you have the ability to make things better for yourself by booking free, you know, getting on the aircraft early, so like advanced boarding, and you want that, pay for it if there is that option. Because you can get that great service. You just have to
0: pay for what you want. Yeah. Um, The airlines use a lot more the hub and spoke model uh, where you you land in one sort of major centre. That is their major centre. That's where most of their planes land. And from there, you're able to go to other regions. Should that system change? Because perhaps it impacts less so here in Vancouver in a big major urban centre, but many smaller communities... Uh, their service hasn't gotten any better. In fact, it's got a lot worse in regards to availability. Even for us here in Vancouver, you got to go to certain hubs to travel to other parts of the world because that's how airlines mm-hmm. have done so. I mean, if we did away with that hub-and-spoke model, would that be a, a net benefit in regards to just service, availability, all those types of things?
1: It would be really lovely, but you'd probably end up paying more. These um, hub-and-spoke models they work primarily in Europe, and we also see it in the States so much so. So you would have London, Paris, Frankfurt as those hubs in Europe, and you'd in, in North America, Atlanta, Dallas, um, New York City. So that, it's tough to go away from that because of the fact – we even see it here in Canada because it's just so efficient for the airlines – I'll give you an example. In Canada, WestJet has really focused on their Calgary gateway as their main hub, and that wasn't the case even just a couple of years ago, but now they're really, really focusing on the West, but that is really through Calgary. So there's some options that we, even from Vancouver, would have to get to Calgary before heading to, say, Tokyo that they're flying to or Paris or London year-round, these types of things. So I don't see this going away. Yeah, it would be really lovely if we could have – some of these smaller routes serviced because it's a nightmare for the people who live in smaller towns who don't have the service and can't even get to some of those hubs without driving two, three hours. So it's, um, it's just the nature of the way that the airlines are able to make money.
0: Well, uh, whatever it may, it is, I really hope they fix it because (laughs) Christmas time is coming. We know it's going to get busy. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a tough. T- it's tough traveling anytime, but Christmas certainly is one of those times that are very challenging. Uh, I really appreciate yeah. your time to talk about this uh, today, Claire, because uh, we all love to travel, but sometimes it's a little more challenging than others. That's for sure. Thanks oh,
1: to- I totally agree. <laughs> Thanks so go. much, Jess. <laughs>
0: Thanks, Claire.